0: Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to Wolverine Wrestling Report. It's been a little while, partly because I've been busy and partly because there hasn't been any wrestling. Um, There still won't be any wrestling this coming week. In theory, the week after, uh, things will be back. Uh, Obviously, the University of Michigan uh, shut down because of the uh, outbreak of the, the new strain of COVID 19, which I guess is. Even more transmissible than the the previously known one. The main show for today is going to be something I recorded uh, before the start of the season, talking about the uh, the RTC guys. Uh, I didn't have time to put that out before the season actually got started. So it'll all be things that happened before the college season started. But it's mostly about uh, senior level wrestling, so it's not too out of date. I would do an Indiana recap, but I was not able to watch that duel. The Big Ten Plus feed didn't really work. They had fragments from some of the matches. There was, you know, basically a minute or two of each match, and then the feed would cut out again. So there's a total of like 40 minutes of wrestling available, uh, and half of that is like the Indiana team stretching during intermission. Uh, I'm I'm not sure who's responsibility that is in terms of, you know, making sure the feed is working, if it's the university, if it's the Big Ten network or what, uh, it's obviously uh, frustrating for me and for a lot of people. The, uh, the, the only, I thought, significant results were at 125. Dylan Ragazin beat Brog Hudkins from Indiana. Um, Hudkins is not having the year we thought he would, he, we thought he would, so maybe that win doesn't carry quite as much weight as it would have uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but it's it's still a positive. Uh, and at 197, uh, Nick Willem for Indiana beat Andrew Davison from Michigan. Uh, the the takedown that decided that match was on the feed. Uh, Davison was in on a low single. Uh, Willem was able to get his leg back. Um, eventually circled behind got two. Uh, and he won that match 4-2. to two. I mean, it I guess at least Davison's getting the legs, but it it feels like that is not not a weight we're going to qualify. It's going to be tough, I think, to qualify out of the Big Ten this year uh, because the Big Ten is is doing conference only. Uh, The wrestlers aren't going to have as many matches. They might not get as much love in the coaches' rankings this year. Um, I think it's going to be much tougher than usual. At certain weights. I don't think Michigan is going to qualify that weight if it's Davison, and I'm not in the room for all I know. He's killing all the other 197s, but I think it might be worth sending out somebody else for a duel or two and seeing how it goes. If Miles Amin is able to come back, does he uh, step up to that weight? And maybe uh, someone like Jelani Ambry goes down to 84. I'm not really sure. Logan Massa beat uh, DJ Washington. I talked about him with Austin Early, our Indiana guest. Uh, Washington just beat Carter Starocki from Penn State. Big win for him. That kind of put him on the map. So uh, thanks to Austin for bringing him to our attention. Hopefully uh, people listening to this show weren't uh, caught off guard by that match the way people nationally were. I don't want to get too into the debate over whether... The university should have shut down athletics. I'll say one implication it has for wrestling is uh, the guys who have not wrestled yet will not get the four matches. Uh, In particular, I'm thinking of Stefan Micic and Miles Amin. The the four matches, I guess, is a requirement to uh, qualify a spot uh, for postseason to get uh, an allocation. It shouldn't matter too much because both those guys are good enough. They should be able to place highly at the Big Ten tournament, and they'll be fine. It it creates problems for other guys in the Big Ten at those weights, uh, and it also might mean that they can't medically forfeit if if the reason they're out right now is because of injuries. They might want to, you know, get you know into the semis or whatever, and then just medically forfeit out of the tournament. Uh, they might not have that option this year. If um, the Big Ten doesn't get as many spots, and because they don't have four matches, they're not eligible for an at-large, they would would have to keep wrestling to really make sure they placed highly. Not, I don't think, a huge deal, and who knows if they even have conference or national tournaments this year, but it's maybe something to be aware of. Now let's get to the interview with Ed Gallo, where we talk about the senior level guys with the uh, Cliff Keene Wrestling Club. Alright, let's get started. Today we're joined by Ed Gallo to talk about the senior level wrestlers with the Cliff Keene Wrestling Club. Ed is the owner of the Fight site where uh, I write about wrestling. Ed also writes about wrestling for uh, Bloody Elbow and also about MMA there. Ed, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I just finished my article about uh, Shinobu Ota, who's a uh, Greco world champ who's making his MMA debut uh, this week. So just you know, got got wrestling on the brain for sure. But I'm excited to talk about Michigan. I'm not an expert, but it's definitely one of the teams that I care about the most, even as a Pennsylvania guy.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're a, a Pitt fan, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I stick. I, I went to Pitt, and yeah, I watched every mm-hmm. every home duel and pretty much every away duel, and followed as closely as possible. I still do. I don't. I don't have any mm-hmm. illusions about where they stand uh, in the country, but I still uh, I support them as much as possible.
0: Yeah, Connor Utzi's coaching there, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at least he was. I don't know if he mm-hmm. still is, but he was as of like, like a year ago.
0: Mhm. Yeah, one of my first um, when I was first really getting into college wrestling in maybe like twenty twelve, was a, a Michigan duel against Pitt, where Michigan won sixteen fifteen.
2: Mhm.
1: I remember that one. That was a. Uh, whenever I think of that duel, uh, for some reason, I always think of a. Uh, I'm gonna forget his name. Uh. <laughs> Shoot the one seventy four. Uh, yeah, that,
0: that was um, that was uh, the bonus point I think was Dan Yates, and uh, I don't remember who your guy was.
1: I, I I'm I'm making up this name, but I swear, yeah, Devontae Mahomes wasn't he the one seventy four? Uh, he was.
0: He came a little bit later.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I don't know it, it was yeah. a tough duel. I remember being upset mm-hmm. that they lost because they were a really good dual team at the yeah. time. But uh, yeah. Michigan turned out to be a a much better team in the long run.
0: Yeah, so uh, today we've done episodes already talking about uh, the college team, both the returning guys and the incoming freshmen and the guys who redshirted last year. Uh, This year we're going to talk about guys who are not on the college roster who are uh, wrestling with the Cliff Keene Wrestling Club. And there's obviously a lot of crossover where a lot of these guys – Used to wrestle for Michigan, and they, you know, train together quite a lot. But it's, it's just international styles, which I prefer. Ed, I think you prefer as well. Yeah, uh,
1: um, if, at least for the simple fact that those guys are better at wrestling, right. so it's just automatically better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So to start out, let's talk about uh, something that I think a lot of fans have been hoping for for a long time: an RTC Cup. Uh, sort of a dual championship among the RTCs. Uh, the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club won that tournament, aided by a couple of sort of mercenaries. Uh, but the majority of the lineup was Michigan guys. Ed, what did you think of Michigan's performance at that tournament and just the event overall?
1: I thought considering that, uh, you know, with the inclusion of the mercenaries, most of the other teams put out, what was close to their best squad. I think the other exception would probably be um, Spartan. Mm-hmm. There was no Kyle Dake, which is a pretty big deal. But most teams put up pretty strong lineups, and I thought uh, Cliff Keene had some had some holes uh, filled in a little bit by, by some mercenaries, but you, you didn't have some of the, the heavy hitters there. But, it, again, it's, it waits. They have depth. So, like, at 86. Yeah, the uh, lineup's kind like of not optimized I mean, for a duel. But then, you know, you have Alex and mm-hmm. What are you going to do with him? I think he might be recovering from injury as well, so... Uh, they had more more to offer than met the eye and like uh I don't know, they're just people that, that you were expecting to see it certain ways, but their team, like, not as strong as it possibly could be, still did it really, really well. And uh the guys who filled in for them, like Seth Gross, performed excellently as
2: well.
0: Mhm. Yeah, Stefan Micic, uh not at that event. He was kind of peaking for the individual World Cup, which we can get into later. Michigan had two really, really close duels with uh, the Wolfpack RTC out of NC State. A lot of swing matches in those. And then uh, kind of the the biggest story was Mason Paris almost beating Nick Wisdowski in the first match, then getting laced and ended up getting tacked, which was kind of funny. And then in the next match, coming out and actually beating him. Uh, how, How much did that surprise you?
1: Uh, ask me one more time. Sorry, How much did did, did it surprise you at all
0: uh that Mason Paris uh beat Nick Kozlowski? Uh
1: yes. I, I was pretty surprised. I didn't expect those matches to go anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and I believe in Paris a decent amount. I just thought that he wrestles kind of silly sometimes and you know, you, can, you could say at the very least okay Kozlowski is the experienced guy. It's nothing he hasn't seen before. Uh, he should be fine with this one. I, I was much more concerned about Gable for him, and uh, yeah, then right away that that went out the window when uh, Paris started putting up points on him. But I, I guess you got to remember that, despite being the experienced, credentialed guy, that Gwizdowski has a lot of crazy matches and you know gives up a lot of points and uh, doesn't manage matches super well. So I guess it, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. It wasn't an insane thing to happen, but uh, yeah, Paris definitely seem to have jumped levels, despite, you know, you could say Amir Zaire is you know, currently a better win uh, on, on the international circuit. So you could say he already had a better win than that, but I think most people were looking for Gwiz to control him, and that is not what happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I also suspect Gwiz was not at 100% the way he wrestled against Gable Steveson and the fact that he sat out the uh, the third-place match. He, uh, he may have had some kind of issue, but it was definitely a, a, a breakout year, I think, for Mason Paris, uh, both winning senior nationals and then uh, having that win where he beat the guy who was number one on the ladder for the past few years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Any other uh, big takeaways from RTC Cup?
1: Uh, well, I mean, that was definitely the big one. Uh, you know, Maybe a, a not happy takeaway. Would be Miles Amin dropping mm-hmm. that match to Trent Hidley. Uh, was not expecting that. Uh, we, you know, I might be jumping ahead, but just to talk a little bit about twenty nineteen Worlds, uh, I, I thought Miles Amin was like one of the best Americans wrestling. Period. Right mm-hmm. now, just because of his performance there. I mean, he racked up at least three like really solid wins. His first match, he beat uh, Ali Shabunov, who is a, a Russian transfer wrestling for Belarus, uh, and Ali Shabunov is a four time world medalist. And, you know, always goes super tough with all the best guys. So that, that was a huge win under his belt right away. And then uh, in the next round, he beat a Torre Blanca, who has a I believe has a world or, or Olympic medal. He has something under his belt. But, you know, that win would would have made more sense because Torre Blanca's resume is a little padded, a little inflated. Uh, and then he beat a Sosuke Takatani who's been super tough on the scene for a long time. And then he beat Akhmed Dudorov And I think that one would resonate for American fans the most just because... One match before, two matches before, Dudarov, another Russian transfer uh, for Germany, uh, just destroyed Pat Downey. So Pat Downey was the U.S. rep at 86. He had Miles Amin not going through the U.S. trials, showing up and outperforming him. So I think that's kind of one of the things that people don't like about being able to these guys being able to represent other countries, is that you could have been the guy in the United Mm -hmm. States. You would have been the best guy. But it's all circumstantial, really, because David Taylor is the best guy at the weight. uh, Not... Pat Downey, but when he when he beat Dudarov, <laughs> I think a lot of people were scratching their heads saying, Dang, I uh, wish we could have had Miles Amin here. And uh, his only losses mm-hmm. uh, at the at Worlds were to uh, Yazdani Chirati, who's the Worlds and Olympic champion, and uh, Arthur Nifanov, who was the number two guy at the weight, uh, now probably three or four at this point. So coming off of that, you say, okay, Miles Amin, probably a top 10 guy in the world at 86 kilograms, not expecting him to lose domestic matches outside of like David Taylor. <coughs> Or anyone else super mm-hmm. good that shows up at that weight, like maybe Daringer. But uh, yeah, Trent Heidly, I did not see that one coming. A college, what, sophomore? A uh, redshirt freshman? What's yeah, that right I, I think
0: he's going into his redshirt sophomore year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Hydley has uh, freestyle success, just not anything remotely approaching that, that level. I think he has one junior world bronze uh, from last year. So that, that definitely shocked me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we, we talked about this a little more on the college show, but it's definitely a bit worrying, but I think not the end of the world for Miles Amin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Dominic Abinader actually wrestled at 97, I think, for this. He wrestled maybe one match mm-hmm. at 86 and one at 97, did not win either, but looked all right. Uh, and he He's kind of one of those guys who it's, it's kind of interesting to see like what his plan is to, with wrestling on the senior level because uh, right now he's not all that close to making a national team, um, but he's he's definitely got some ability, uh, and, and he's the kind of guy you hope that, you know is able to stick around, is able to you know get some money from wrestling, and is able yeah. to keep wrestling competitively.
1: Yeah, that's the type of guy that should be able to stick around and still right. make, you know, make a decent chunk of money and, and be competitive and, and ha- get a few more years in there. I mean, mm-hmm. anyone who's like a multiple-time, all-American caliber type of guy should be in that tier. Yeah. Um, speaking of, and, and maybe this is someone with a higher ceiling than that, uh, Alec Pantelio has had a really good stretch of events. Mm-hmm. Um, RTC Cup, I believe he only lost to James Green. Uh, who is obviously a multiple-time world medalist and a million-time world team member. And then I think other than that, um, well, I don't know if that was at the RTC Cup or... Uh, the
0: the, the, the James tournament. Green loss, I think, was at the tournament.
1: Yeah, but so he's lost to James Green, and he had a, a close match with uh, Zane Rutherford mm-hmm. uh, at another another event this cycle. But other than that, he's looked really, really good. He has that big win over Jordan Oliver from the eight-man tournament. Uh, he beat Anthony Ashnell. He beat uh jordan oliver already said he beat uh matt kolodzik who's been looking pretty good uh shout out Tariq wilson who's been coming on strong uh brayton lee said so kevin jack He's he's been looking good had a good stretch of wins uh definitely looks like he's you know elevating his level and uh i don't know if we've discussed this already if it was planned for later but uh you see him working out a lot now with uh bajran punia who's mm-hmm. uh you know multiple time world world medalist world finalist and uh 65 kilogram guy and, and just someone that i think he could complement his style really well because he would just fill in a couple of gaps and just get the freestyle savvy there Pantelli already has his attacks drilled in he's got his defense drilled in um you know athletically he's there just needs you know to become a super savvy freestyle guy and he can be right up there with a bunch of people um it, it's always been stuff like that i mean like in college he was always pretty elite from neutral he had pound for pound elite from neutral it was like zane crushing him from top position stuff like that that was happening to him or like he got sick and his gas tank was uh, a little shaky so there's always been like a couple small things or like one zone of his game that that's been keeping him from breaking through entirely but i think this might be uh the time where you see him establish where he's going to be at uh, for the next few years and i wanted him to do mma just because you know he would be so so good but he might also be so so good at wrestling, so I don't. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want him to stop that trajectory because it's uh, it's looking great so far.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Michigan's done a little bit of these kind of pro events. There was the whole the, the the very first Nittany Lion on Rockfin event was sort of pitched as a Michigan versus Penn State duel. Mm-hmm. It kind of wasn't really like just because Michigan didn't have. Uh, a full lineup, but uh, a few Michigan wrestlers were in it. Uh, some did better than others. Malakamine lost to Richter Soteno. Yusuf Amida lost to uh, Kirk Fleet Tano. Uh, but then uh, Logan Massa beat Bekzod Abdurachmanov who was a world medalist. That was a really good win for him. Abinader beat Jaime Espinal, which. Uh, Espinal is a credentialed guy. He's probably at this point not a super great, not the toughest opponent. You you kind of expected Abinader to win that match, but it's still good that he, he's able to get it done. Pantaleo had a very close match, actually, with Zane Rutherford, but lost. And then Derringer had that awful 1-1 match with uh, Bo Nickel. Um, I'm going to just run through the... Uh, the roster of senior level wrestlers, and we can kind of yep. talk about them more methodically.
1: I'm ready to talk about Logan Mass when we get there. That's what I had loaded up. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So um, we we talked about him on the college show, but let's do a little bit about Stevan uh Wrestled at the World Championships and got fifth, yeah, uh, which qualified him for the Olympics. Uh, was kind of robbed in the bronze match uh recently wrestled at the individual World Cup and got fifth again. A little bit of a disappointing performance, I think, but he again was very close to meddling. What uh what do you think about his wrestling and his performances at those big tournaments?
1: It's tough. It's tough to say. Um I don't wanna say maybe it's a scouting thing just because he does have kind of a predictable style. I mean he has good timing on it, but like he is mostly just a like passing uh, passing for the high C on the same side it's pretty much a, a similar look every time but he gets to the legs pretty consistently with that approach um and he was doing he was doing all right at the individual world cup uh but yeah he dropped his uh shoot, yeah he dropped his semifinal match to a uh, hard I believe uh from Armenia and then uh lost on the bronze match to, to Yatsenko which that's like Fit, there, it was fifth and fifth, mm-hmm. but fifth at 2019 Worlds, losing to. Uh, I don't know, it was Atlee and Sanaev, I think. Yeah, yeah, someone super tough, and then Sanaev is also super tough, who uh, I think beat Gilman too uh, at, at a previous uh, championship. So that was like, okay, yeah, you're fifth, but you gained a lot of standing in the world. You lo- you're looking good. Uh, whereas this time, it was like, these are guys we kind of expected him to beat based on that, and well, not Haratunian, but that, that was like, you know, could have gone either way. Um, but you know, Yatsenko, that's like the kind of guy that I would expect him to beat pretty consistently And if you can't beat guys like that then I can't really trust you to get near medal matches At like a real world mm-hmm. championship right. So uh, you, you'd expect him to be getting better uh, But he kind of seems like at least where he was Or maybe a tiny bit regressed But at the, at the same time You don't know how, how seriously people are taking You know, the individual World Cup And you don't know what the training situations like for everybody Could be different for some people um, you know, just with the world in the state that it's in. So uh, I, I don't want to be a doomer about him quite yet, but I would just I would definitely like to see him uh sharper in the future. He looks a little unfocused and not like, mm-hmm. have his uh yeah, it's 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 hacky and doesn't really mean a lot. But like, it didn't really seem like his head was in it. Uh, it didn't seem dialed in was kind of, you know, wandering through those matches.
2: Yeah,
0: and it it ended with I think a little bit of a tactical mistake. He was up 2-1 and he had a two-pointer. So he could have given up one and still had the lead Uh, guy got to his leg got to his hip with like 10 seconds left and it looked like he could have just run out of bounds uh, taken the caution and won and held on for the 2-2 win and instead he sorta tried to fight back in and the guy got to rear standing uh, and was able to take him down on the edge uh, to to win the match basically as time expired um, so definitely some some room for improvement, but it also shows he's he's right there, with these guys. He could definitely be, uh, you know, top three, type of guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Could be you know an Olympic medalist type of guy.
2: For
0: sure. Um, Michigan actually has a bunch of sixty fives. Do you do you have anything urgent you want to say about Dylan Ragazin?
1: Uh, just that his senior nationals performance was pretty amazing, and uh, I didn't know who he was before that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what's next. That's the mm-hmm. last time he competed, right? Nothing since then. Uh,
0: he also wrestled at junior nationals and won that. Won junior
1: nationals. Anyone tougher than who he beat at seniors or no. comparable? I don't think so. All right, yeah. So I'm I'm still where I was after after senior nationals. Uh, really excited to see what kind of ceiling he has or if it's like mm-hmm. one breakout performance or just what happens next, you know. Yeah, a lot Not of it was very tournament freestyle
0: specific, it. which on the college show we have to say is, you know, a, a warning sign that maybe he won't be as good. But on this show we can say, yeah, that's great because <laughs> it's cool to be good at freestyle.
1: That's right. And, uh, you know, if you're really, really good at freestyle and maybe less good at college styles, then just uh, don't do any folk just take people down and let them up and win matches (laughs) uh you can probably get through you can do the kyle snyder method and like just mm -hmm. not do any mat wrestling your entire college career
0: yeah so at 65 michigan has dave habit and malik amin uh both representing uh other countries dave wrestles for slovenia uh i think he went one and one at the world championships um, and I believe Owen won at Euros in February. Not a great uh, year or so for him. He also lost pretty convincingly to Luke Pletcher a couple weeks ago at the, uh, the Pitt Wrestling Club event. Um, no, it's, it's weird because he looked so promising at the start of his uh, kind of right. international career. He was a European bronze medalist and obviously the draw had a lot to do with that. Uh, he basically didn't have anyone super tough. But I'm, I'm not sure if he's progressing at this point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it might be one of those things where he was at Edinburgh, and he uh, moved clubs, mm-hmm. and then right away he, he had a jump. Right, a when you when
0: you get that new kind of, you just have a few... You have what you had before, and you have that structure in place, and then you have a few adjustments from your new place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, uh, he was bronze at, at an Olympic qualifier, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't good enough. But he did outplace Frank. No, they they both took bronze. Him and Frank Molinaro both took bronze. Yeah. Uh, but he he's medaled at stuff before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Mediterranean Games isn't real, but he was <laughs> silver at that. Yeah, um, plays Michish. Um, so just, you know, he, he's been up and down. Uh, mm-hmm. Domestic events he's showed up as well, but like probably if you're not winning stuff like the Schultz or the Bill Farrell, uh, you're probably not going to do so well at other tournaments and uh, his, last, uh, his last three, uh, last four tournaments he hasn't placed, and the closest he came was at Zielkowski uh, in 2019, and that was uh, actually a very tough field, so I don't mind mm-hmm. that too much, but yeah, I don't really know if he's making any progress. I don't know what his plans are. Uh, you know, it, it's it's tough to tell with that insider information, like what their what their goals are, mm-hmm. what their situation is, because you don't know who is trying to, right? You know, make teams and go to the Olympics and win medals, and who's just you know mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: I I like the way he wrestles, but it seems like guys have started to figure out him out a little bit internationally where he doesn't get to legs as much anymore mm. and maybe it's just they realize oh this guy's actually from the U.S. you gotta wrestle him like that yeah. and not oh it's it's a guy from uh, Slovenia he's probably a Greco guy because I, I think a lot of their uh, freestyle team is just converted Greco guys and once you realize oh no he's he's a leg grabber, you kind of adapt to it Mhm. He's he's a guy that could probably do really well in college coaching, right? Uh, a multiple-time All-American, national finalist, uh, and then a, a European medalist, and a guy who's been to the World Championships mm-hmm. a few and times.
1: Exposed to multiple, you know, training environments, yeah. and coaching styles. I'm sure he's had overseas trips for training as well. Mm-hmm. And has a lot of knowledge to spread around.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Dave. I just don't know how much success we can really expect from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, also at 65 Malik Amin wrestles for San Marino uh, at Worlds he had a pretty generous draw so in the very first round at 65 you had Aliyah versus Rashidov arguably the two best wrestlers at the weight uh, Russia and Azerbaijan wrestling each other uh, you also had uh, Zane Rutherford from the US wrestling uh, I mean. Alejandro valdez Tobier from Cuba, two very good world medalist contender type of guys. Also in the very first round, you had San Marino against Guinea-Bissau and Mexico against Guam. So Amin beat the guy from Guinea-Bissau like 14-11. It was actually a really exciting match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then beat the guy from Mexico in the next round and then lost to Musa uh did not get pulled back in do you uh do you know much about uh his wrestling or anything
1: the way he wrestles no not really just uh that he was like a serviceable starter mm-hmm. in college and then i started seeing him show up at international tournaments and i'm like well that's cool but yeah i didn't yeah. expect him to beat anyone uh of note and just from what i see here he hasn't uh made any dents in the competitions he's been at so far but it's really cool that he's getting the looks and uh he, he's uh he's still good for for more college wrestling right or is he done no he's done he's done oh well i'm not really sure if he's gonna, <laughs> where he's gonna end up but uh mm-hmm. i always just thought it was kind of a cool thing that he got to you know go to these tournaments mm-hmm. and, and compete and, and t- pick up some wins over you know slightly weaker competition there uh but yeah I, I would be very happy if he surprised me and broke out a little bit and you know, reach the level of, even like Dave Habit. That'd be kind of cool. But he's definitely a tier below that kind of guy. I'd um, say so. I'm not yeah. really expecting him to beat anyone I've ever heard of any before. You know.
0: Yeah, he um he was he was kind of a mat wrestling and a scramble type of guy in gotcha. college. The uh, things that don't always translate as well. He actually has some decent counters in freestyle, and he's decent uh, on the mat, but not a great leg attacker. Not a great. Um, you know, moving from space type of guy, um, and some of the more athletic 65s just kind of run circles around him. That's like all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he also though like he wrestled at a couple of the uh, Nittany Lion events. He lost to Durso and he also lost mm. to Franklin Gomez. Did not look great at those. Like looked gotcha. noticeably uh, slower at those events than he did. At 2019 Worlds, mm-hmm. he he may be a guy who's just sticking around, sticking it out through the Olympic year, and then he'll move on. But I, again, I, I like him as a guy and as a wrestler. He's had some really fun matches, but I don't know uh, how much you can really expect from him going forward. Right. Uh, next up. 70 slash maybe getting down to 65 uh, Alec Pantalea we've talked about him already Mm -hmm. Uh, but just to go over some of his results he beat uh, at the RTC Cup uh, beat let me see beat Kevin Jack 7-2 beat Brayton Lee 10-0 which is a pretty good win Uh, he's a good freestyle wrestler Beat Tariq Wilson Tena which he had a pretty good size advantage, but that's still a good wrestler. And then beat Matt Kalodzic, probably his best win. He won that match eight to six in the final against uh, the New Jersey RTC. I yeah. think he might have been the uh, had, like had the best record at sixty five at that tournament. And then at the uh, the eight man tournament, he was kind of a late addition when Joey McKenna withdrew. Uh, but he beat Jordan Oliver 4 to 4, lost to James Green 4 2, but then beat Anthony Ashnall 8 1. So, really good um, kind of late fall, winter stretch for Pantaleo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, internationally, you can call it internationally, but he did have that win over Reese Humphrey <laughs> this year at Estero Um It's kind of like a, I don't know if that was like a YOLO entry from Reese Humphrey showing up there, but good to beat him, and then uh, before that, he had his uh, world world team appearance at U23s, and kind of a tough draw. Uh, he lost to Azerbaijan after he won his first match. He lost by a point, and then uh, the guy that he lost to lost to Chairman Valiyev, who probably would have been the World Cup champion this year if he had an injury defaulted out of the semis, so uh, rough rough draw there, uh, but you know definitely could have had that. And like we were talking about before, probably just fixing up a couple things freestyle-specific. Uh, would have made the difference there, but, you know, then he's probably not beating Chairman Valiev quite yet, but he could get there, so, you know, definitely seeing results internationally a little bit, uh, I would say less than a lot of the other uh, Cliff King guys, like, getting less looks, mm-hmm. he's not going to as many tournaments, but he's been super active domestically, so yeah, I mean, I mean so
0: far, he only graduated college last year, yeah, right, <laughs> Yeah, he, um, I think he's a guy who's well-suited to freestyle with the way he wrestles. He, um, he. So in college, he was a, a pretty neutral-dependent guy. He wasn't mm-hmm. great on the mat, either top or bottom. He got better as his career went on, but he was always going to be mostly scoring uh, from his feet. He, so he, he sort of had to force the issue from his feet against good guys if he let things go 0-0 zero, zero through the first Uh is kind of a bad sign for him, but his he's best when he's able to counter, when he's able to sit back and re-attack. Uh, he's really really quick. Um, his that knee pull he hit against Jordan Oliver um, at the end of the match to win that one was one of the fastest things I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and like, I've watched it so many times because it's just insane how he's able to get both his feet like that far and like that quickly he he basically move, moves from standing in front of him to standing to the side and behind him uh just in the blink of an eye
1: some casual teleportation
0: yeah and he uh but he, he couldn't really do that he couldn't just sit back and counter in in college but his uh his match with zane rutherford he almost won that because he could kind of just make zane come to him and then he just hits him on a counter double and mm-hmm. suddenly it's You know, 2-0. He you know he gives up a shot clock point. It's 2-1, and he keeps good position. He's hard to score on. People don't want to just shoot on him because they know he's got those counters. Um, And it it's a game that kind of fits together really well. He's also good on top. Uh, Has some really good wins in 2019, I think, Uh, like at the U.S. Open or World Team Trials. Mm -hmm. Definitely a guy I'm uh, looking forward to watching.
1: For sure, one of my favorites.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, 74 uh, at the RTC Cup and at Senior Nationals, Logan Massa did pretty well. Ed, let's hear your uh, take or whatever it is you wanted to say.
1: Well, I, I, I'm confused about Logan Massa's level because I, I thought he was like really good uh, based on his international results. Uh, that's kind of how I measure things if that data is available because uh, in 2019... He went to a uh, Dmitry Korkin, which is a tournament that I was told is legit enough to care about. Um, so if someone medals there, I, sh- I should definitely pay it pay heed. Um, and he he took bronze at Dmitry Korkin. Uh, it was a, you know, a tough field of like under the radar depth guys in Russia and you know adjacent countries, and, and he performed well there. So I said, okay, cool. Bogomaz is you know near near elite, and I think he was ranked for a little bit. Um, and he, might, I th- I'm pretty sure he picked up some solid domestic wins as well around that time period. Uh, he won um, senior nationals. is that Not senior nationals. Mm-hmm. The one that was yeah. during the... He won both?
0: He, yeah, he won 2019 senior nationals. That was like a, the Olympic trials qualifier. And then he also won the sort of stupid one this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, at the RTC Cup, well, he beat Bexar at Durk-Manov, uh at the Nittany Lion event, which is a pretty big win. Uh, then he beat Mikhail Lewis, who was having a really bad tournament at the RTC Cup, so I'm going to throw that one out. Um, he beat Evan Wick, who is somebody who could be tough for a lot of people. Uh, he beat Hayden Heidley, which that was a crazy <laughs> match for sure, and Heidley was looking good. And then he lost to Tommy Gant, and I can't really understand that one. Uh, I didn't understand at the time, but then, uh because Gant also lost to Carson Carson and then I'm like, okay, how good is... It, it was very confusing to me. That loss really threw me for a loop. And I believe he had another head-scratcher like within the past few months, is it... or, or is that his only loss recently?
0: Um, I mean, He had the late uh, loss to Gantt at RTC Cup, mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that's it.
1: That's it? Alright, so I'm not that confused. Maybe it's just that Tommy Gant's really good, and he's mm-hmm. been wrestling a lot of good guys, and it, it happens sometimes, but... Yeah, he's someone I could definitely see being, I don't know, if he was in, in, in an Amin or Abinader situation where he was representing another country. Um, I could see him being a guy that, that picks up some really solid wins internationally mm-hmm. and like threatens for medals uh, eventually, but uh, it doesn't look like he's going to do that. And he's at 74, which is super tough, although his uh, his medal is at 79, so maybe we see him go up to 79. But uh, I think just by the nature of the weight class being the way it is, we probably don't see him make a team anytime soon but that's somebody who just in terms of the depth in the united states that's someone who, who's mm-hmm. pretty elite um yeah outside of that one loss his style is weird though it's like it you def- it doesn't look like it's gonna work <laughs> in the beginning like he just takes a lot of leg attacks um i think it's you who said he takes every every leg attack that's there he sees he just goes for it um definitely a cardio pace type of guy um savvy savvy for sure and he definitely surprises me at times with like displays of power with like chest wraps and things like that. But um, you know, internationally, you, you see someone who's taking a lot of leg attacks like that and getting underneath people. You're like, oh, they're going to get exposed. They're going to get exposed. But it actually doesn't happen all that often.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think he's also started managing matches a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, both in terms of you know, being selective with his attacks and also in terms of closing out matches a little better. He, he did get beat late against Gantt. Uh, but he, he's held off, uh, guys like David Carr and, uh, I think Gant at, uh, 2019 senior nationals, uh, had that big comeback against Hayden Heidly. And so I, I think he's, he's starting to figure out, you know, how to, you know, really hold a pace for six minutes. Uh, and he, he's going to be a guy, I think that, again, does better in freestyle, uh, I'm not completely sure why stylistically. I think it's just mainly a comfort thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he just sort of doesn't worry as much. And it's also, you know, 165 in college is such a a grimy weight. Like the guys are so physical. It's, you know, you can get sort of anxious in those matches. And that, that more than anything, kills your gas tank. And I think he's, he's going to be able to manage his gas tank a little bit better in freestyle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was think he's on
1: a, a couple of years ago he was having a couple of like a yeah. rough season or two in college was that an injury I think so mm-hmm.
0: Yeah but he's yeah, he's a, a guy that see. I think is going to be might surprise people a little bit how high up the ladder he is
1: I could see a national team mm-hmm. in his future for sure And yeah. who knows how much longer the whole you know big dynamic is going to last um, right. know, either moving weights or you know, mm-hmm. moving on to something else that, that way could open up
0: mm-hmm. uh, we also have Dominic Abinader I feel like we've talked about him already mm-hmm. uh, we can maybe mention that he was representing Lebanon at the 2019 World Championships had some sort of controversy he uh, said he was not representing them anymore I think what happened is they told him he had to forfeit against Israel Mm-hmm. uh and he, he didn't want to do that, so he says i'm i'm done representing you guys um I'm not sure what his future is if if he's gonna be uh going to the last chance qualifier for the u s team mm-hmm. uh we'll see how that goes uh another eighty six for michigan uh i think the newest member of the team is alex steeringer right. uh former uh, Oklahoma state wrestler Uh, I think he's only wrestled one match for Michigan, and that was the 1-1 with uh, Bo Nickel. Right. Uh, And then I believe tore his ACL, uh, which stinks because he probably won't be back uh, for Olympic trials. But we can talk about just what do you think of him joining the team, his wrestling in general, uh, how you think the next Olympic cycle might go for him?
1: Yeah, this might be one of those things where the main benefit. Well, all right. Well, two, two main benefits of him going to the room. One, he gets miles a mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty big bonus. Uh, I don't know who the upper weight guys are at Oklahoma State, but I just the fact that nobody springs to mind that is like really challenging him uh, is probably good enough to, to to be a reason to move. Um, but yeah, he he needs help. He needs help with eighty six at 79 kilograms that was like the perfect weight for him he was the number two guy in the world uh says a lot of people he was on a pretty hot undefeated streak uh for 2019 i don't think he lost uh, any international matches 2019 won a bunch of tough tournaments mm-hmm. um was only losing to like dake and like gachi megamedov and and people like that uh you know ramazanov internationally so like one of the t- top top guys so at 86 you figure okay uh, should hold similar levels of results but uh, his first tournament back was a uh, Matteo Pelicone and uh, he beat you know Downey <laughs> which isn't really anything and then at Pan Am uh, championships in uh, in March he lost so and, and that's not a the type of tournament you would expect him to take a loss in for sure, but, you know, after winning a bunch of way tougher tournaments. So I would say the main benefit will be he'll get, you know, more practice at 86 with tough partners. And the benefit for anyone going to Cliff Keen is access to Sergey Beloglazov, who uh, many believe is the greatest freestyle wrestler of all time and by all counts, a really, really good coach. So the benefits should be obvious. And that's just a, uh, a wrestling club with a lot of resources. Uh, it's growing. Uh, there's a lot of life in there, and it should keep his career... Uh, moving forward, because I think some weird stuff's been going on in Oklahoma. Um, some movement between, like, OU and Okie mm-hmm. State, and you know, just uh, people were talking, and I don't know if things were 100% good there. So regardless, a move is good, but this you know that, that's a great place to be if you are going to move.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I, I guess I don't have anything to add to that, so yeah. we can move on to... Uh, the next guy on the roster, Yusuf Hamida, heavyweight uh, All-American for the University of Maryland, uh, joined the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club a year or two ago, uh, has had some decent results. Um, he, he's a good freestyle wrestler, placed maybe fourth at senior nationals, uh, also lost pretty badly to Kirk Fleet, but I think he is going to be... A really, really, really good wrestler, and that's mm-hmm. that loss is going to look a lot better in a couple years. Uh, what do you think of Hamida's wrestling generally? Do you uh, have you seen him much?
1: Uh, a little bit, I believe. I think I watched his uh, his U twenty three matches, mm-hmm. but definitely. Uh, that's right. He was... uh,
0: he made the U twenty three team a couple of years yeah. ago.
1: Yeah, twenty eighteen.
0: Was he oh, yeah. Was he a medalist?
1: He was silver. Yeah yeah he lost to gamidov who the t- russia even has depth at heavyweight honestly i didn't realize it but uh the guy that they uh, they sent to individual world cup uh shamil uh i forget his last name i just remember that he was a shamil he looked really good and they have this e23 world champion and they have like the past like three or four starters um they have a bunch of dudes so you know i hate them i hate them for having that kind of depth at heavyweight but yeah for a guy his size and has always been like really big and physical and athletic um he's you know moving really well and i don't know how to say it, this differently but normally as a wrestler you know what i mean he looks like a normal wrestler doesn't look like a heavyweight um that's pretty great and uh yeah not being able to contend with like kirk fleet is not a big deal uh, because kirk fleet is uh you know uh, in the conversation with gable and paris and, and Gwistowski in my opinion he's he's about there um so yeah he might be like the next best guy other than them but, uh in the same grouping as, like, Tony Nelson or Don Bradley. Mm-hmm. I think he could be there really soon. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, and he competed in 2020 uh, at the Sera Pilato as well, and uh, Oscar Pino Hines was there, so he obviously didn't win it, but he did medal. That's nice.
0: Yeah, he's um, he's got nice leg attacks. He's got uh, pretty nice re-attacks. He moves pretty well. I think he's uh, slimmed down a little bit uh in the last few years where he was uh i I don't know what his weight was but he seemed like uh, a pretty big guy his maybe sophomore year at maryland uh and since then has gotten a little bit slimmer he's gotten a little bit quicker um and he's always going to be a guy that will make the slow heavyweights fall down and look funny Mm -hmm. which i always like to see (laughs) Um, so he'll be, he'll be kind of like we've said about some of these other guys, uh, a good guy to have on the circuit who will always be kind of pushing for those world team trial spots could be, you know, fifth, sixth in the country.
1: That's the thing I'm, I'm excited about mm-hmm. is a lot of, we've, we've talked about a lot of guys who are like, you know, maybe fifth or sixth in the country at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Clubs like Cliff Keane are providing them structure to, to right. keep going. Because you don't have to be the best guy right now, and you can take a couple of years and improve and get more experience, and you know make overseas trips and see what mm-hmm. happens. So that's you know the, kind of the fun of this period of wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's also really good, I think, to have a, a good heavyweight in the room to oh, yeah. push your. I mean, because a lot of times the college heavyweight just doesn't have anybody good to go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michigan has, you know, both him and the next guy, Adam Kuhn, and that's I think a big part of the success Mason Paris has had is getting to work with those two guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Adam Kuhn now, the uh, largest member of the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. <laughs> uh, he was world silver in 2018, went 0-1 in 2019, uh, and then did not qualify for the Olympics, lost in the go-to match to Acosta Fernandez from Chile. Mm-hmm. Ed, what do you make of that what looks like maybe a bit of a regression? And do you think he's able to kind of return to the top of the world?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, Just based on my cursory knowledge of his life, I think he's still involved in the uh, scholarly side of of his life, if that's a fair thing to say. I think he still has aspirations outside of wrestling and he's still Mm -hmm. working towards those professionally. um, And that can probably take away a lot of time and focus and energy from you so it might be one of those things where you look at when he had his first big burst of success it was kind of right around when he was graduating right that's like when people make that first big push uh, is when they switch to international styles full time and he was doing Greco and freestyle and you know <laughs> one, top two and both uh, pinning uh, Robbie Smith stuff like that and uh, yeah maybe just uh, as time dragged on it didn't have that same spark to keep push him like that i haven't watched all the matches so i can't point to anything specific that's changed um but just like based on the results you have to wonder about what the overall trend is because that's a guy who should be producing at a pretty consistently high level just based on what how you've seen him wrestle in the past um and i think fully committing to greco now has he wrestled freestyle any time in the past couple of years
0: i think he maybe did 2019 like u.s open and lost to gable steveson and sort gotcha. of gave it up after that gotcha
1: yeah, he uh, he should be committed to Greco. Honestly, yeah. it's definitely his better his better style, and we're weaker there. Uh, the world isn't weaker there, but we are. Um, but but yeah, his last uh, his last big performance was Greco at the Feral. Um mm-hmm. He didn't really beat anyone of note there, and then DNP would at Matteo Pelicone, which is you know, yes, a ranking series tournament, It's so not you know intrinsically something very important. But I don't recognize the names. The people that placed at that, which is not a good sign, uh, and then you know Pan Am Championships didn't win that either. Um, I think that's Cuba's like third stringer um, that he lost to Pacheco Romero. I don't, I don't think that's mm-hmm. their guy. Um, and like you said, the Olympic qualification tournament didn't didn't uh, get to the finals there either. So a bad stretch, and you never know if it's like, is it an injury, is it a focus thing, is it the, is he being scouted, but. Uh, you would definitely want to see something change in the mm-hmm. near future, but it's it's just a tough period to make those judgments in because of, you know, whose life is the way it was before with, with COVID. You know, things right. have changed, uh, priorities shift. So, uh, you know, guys are competitor, guys are athletes. I'm sure he's going to st- still keep getting work in, but you have to wonder what th- there, there might be a difference in, in approach from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at this point.
0: Yeah, I think people have kind of inflated expectations for him because he had just about the easiest draw imaginable, mm-hmm. to the point where if it were any other country, you'd say it was rigged. Uh, I, I don't think it was. It just worked out that way. Sure. Um, but, I mean, that's one of those things where I always want to be cautious about saying things are rigged because I know there's times when we've been very fortunate and we just say, oh, well, you know, it's just luck of the draw, and then when it works against us we say it's rigged but um he i'm I'm not I don't know enough about Greco to say if he's wrestling worse it does seem like people are much more aware of what he's got he's not able to get to his lock nearly as much um it seems like they're denying him the underhook a lot more they're fighting a lot harder to do that they're tying up his wrists a lot more and he just doesn't have enough ways to score he Is getting better at it. I think he's getting better on top, which should be a great place for him to score. So far in his career, it has not been. Uh, But he showed that a little bit against uh, uh, was it Colton Schultz at uh, Final X twenty nineteen. He in his loss to the guy from China, he was trying to get a lift uh, and lost his grip and ended up getting reversed, and that's why he lost the match. Mm -hmm. But he was sort of close. Um, and that's, it's, he was a lot closer than he was to lifting anybody in 2018. Sure. So there's definitely a path for him to get, um, into the top few guys in the world to be challenging for a medal every year. But the way he wrestled in 2019 and early 2020, I think he's not currently at that level.
2: Mm hmm
0: Uh, and now just one last thing, we're going to talk about, uh, the arrival that, sort of short-term visit of uh Punya punia from uh, india two-time world medalist ed what are your thoughts on Bajrang joining the cliff keen wrestling club
1: um i think it's pretty awesome i should have expected that would be where he went because he was teasing a trip mm-hmm. to the states for a long time and for some reason my mind was like he's going to go you know New York City, uh, New York yeah, that's sort National of what Club, I thought as well. Yeah, you know, Kendall Cross. That, that seems to it be seems where like the
0: international
1: guys, where, guys all want to go there. That's where they meet up. That's where Frank Rizzo right. is always going. That's yeah, that's where they go. So I was like, Oh, yeah, that's probably it. I should have realized that the, you know, there's Sergey Belaglazov and all the other international connections. Just like the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club, I would say, is probably at least the second most, if not the most, connected to the international community. And you have like, mm-hmm. I don't know if Rovat's still there, but Rovat was you know, traveling overseas, but mm-hmm. there's just a uh, know the guys representing other countries they're making more international trips than any other club so I probably should have seen that coming but really glad he he picked it just because I think uh you know that's a club with a more you know staffed roster it's a more concrete club so there's more guys that need help and it's more attached to a college program and just you know bears the most benefits for for Americans but uh yeah while he's been over here um they posted a few, like, training pictures, but while he's been over here, he's been competing uh, at pro, pro league events and looking really fantastic. Uh, the eight-man tournament was pretty beautiful to watch, honestly, and, and he handled it like it was a, a, one, a one-day tournament like that, where you could see him managing the matches differently and kind of just cruising through them and, you know, made it look pretty easy despite, like, some of the scores being closer uh you know made it look pretty easy winning that thing and then of course he got shut out by Zane Rutherford uh last week or two weeks ago but at the same time like overseas trip just wrestled a tournament (laughs) and it's it's uh it might not be um the the best indicator of how that match would go in the future but cool cool win for Zane and just really awesome for Boschran to be here and and to be giving people matches as a top five guy in the world um you know, he probably he's probably doing okay on money too. So I think mm-hmm. he's just doing it for love of the game and the exposure to a new audience. Mhm.
0: Yeah, it is. I guess kind of a positive sign that he chose to come here. Right. I mean, when you when you have a guy who's you know basically got his pick of you know where do I want to train? I can go anywhere in this country. You know, the fact that he he thinks you know oh Michigan that's a place where I can go and get better is i think says good things about your program. Mm -hmm. uh... we've talked about the pro events we've talked about rtc cup we've talked about senior nationals and we've talked about worlds so uh... just to conclude let's talk about kind of overall uh... sort of program uh... strengths and weaknesses and uh... how you think the team might do in the olympic year
1: uh it's tough <laughs> it's tough to say fairly um,
0: broad yeah yeah i guess to start out with uh <laughs> with kind of wrestling the wrestling side of things um it seems like michigan does very well in getting to legs uh, michigan does very well uh in freestyle specific positions things like uh the seatbelt position things like uh being on the edge of the mat mm-hmm. uh it seems like Michigan is increasingly doing well uh in parterre. Uh some of our guys not so much, but uh you know guys like Pantaleo have really good guts. All the the U23 and junior guys looked really good from parterre where it was sort of uh you know unknown guys would be winning matches and placing at those tournaments and a big part of it was their top games. Weaknesses, I guess you would say uh, kind of solidity, like stinginess, because I mean, if you have the the fluidity uh, and the you know the motion and the comfort and positions, then your your comparative weakness is usually going to be kind of the you know brutality. Um, I think it's it's a team that's very well suited to freestyle. Uh, so going into the Olympic year, I think Amin uh, M- Miles Amin. Uh, and Micic are our, our best chances to win medals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not expect either of them to. Um, I think they're both kind of in the 5-10 to 10 tier. Uh-huh. Um, but both, I think, legitimate contenders. And then uh, going forward, if, if Miles Amin sticks with it, he could definitely be a, a top three guy in the world.
1: Yeah, this is a, a situation where I really wish... Fifteen had a stronger 65 rep uh, mm-hmm. wrestling for another country just because 65 just blew up a little bit yeah. um, in the past month. Like, Shidov is right. injured, we don't know how bad that is. Uh, Aliev, also injured, we don't know how bad that is. Musakayev more beatable than previously thought, I, I would say. Um, and then you have, like, Vazgen, uh, Tivanian is, like, the number a top five guy in the world now, apparently. So that we opened up big time, um, and you know Russia can only send one person, obviously. So you know, their their full depth doesn't really factor in here. So just getting one more guy up there, and and then turning them into it. If you had someone that was like as good as I Amin, mean, I would say they had a, they would have a really good shot at medaling. Uh, which would I think that would be the ultimate angering american fan situation yeah you know the weight where we never medal we can't get it but then we send another guy (laughs) for another country and may medal um that would that would be a source of outrage but yeah 65 is probably the most wide open 57 is pretty tough it's like the same guys really um that you're gonna have to beat to get those medals like Mm -hmm. uh Atli, at least uh um those guys now you have like haratunian performing well um that's something to be considered uh, India's was tough there uh, Ravi Kumar but might not be anymore but I think Amicic can get on track and like, actually improve and start to you know, grow into his role as like, a consistent ranked world guy at 57 or, or whatever weight he wants to go I think he still has a shot just depending on bracketing um, Miles Amin I think pff, it, it really depends on how that top three situation shakes out um like is david taylor gonna be there is you know yeah sonny charade gonna be there i I believe so um did they send Ifanov, did they send karugliev uh we haven't seen him versus karugliev yet so maybe he has a chance there um but uh yeah that's tough just because there are three at least three really really tough guys at that weight but i think beyond that um there's a shot uh heavyweight anything can happen really uh, if Mason Paris was able to squeeze in there, I think he could definitely be a run out of metal. Um, just less likely that he makes the team. Although we haven't seen him wrestle uh, Gable in freestyle yet, is that correct?
0: Right. They just had the uh, the folk style match. It was eight six for Gable. Yeah.
1: So that's that's not a bad look. So that's not a bad look for Paris. Um, yeah, that's probably where they're the toughest. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to uh to, to do anything else. But yeah, I think a seventy four uh, I might just be uh, a few years down the line developing that that area, and if they do a like a non-Olympic Worlds, uh, I I might enjoy seeing Alec Pantaleo make a run in a team. Cool. Uh, it, you'd probably see James Green moving back up. You'd have Ryan Deacon there, um, probably some other guys I'm forgetting about, but he could he has a shot there.
0: Mhm. Yeah, definitely a, a strong group and a group that's on the rise.
2: Mhm.
0: All right, well, I think that does it for this episode. Uh, Ed, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, hope to have you back again sometime, maybe during uh, the regular season. And uh, everybody else, I'll see you later.
2: Okay, Bye-bye.